Hey y'all, welcome back to a Tuesday, August 1st, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, NFL Super Friends, because it is Tuesday, you know what that means, all things NFL on the Chase Thomas Podcast, um, Jared Bailey of USA Today, SB Nation's JP Acosta, and 49ers Hubs, Evan Swords, talking all things NFL as we do at this time each every week. We talk about uh, the 49ers their quarterback room and what's happening in training camp this year between Lance and Brock Purdy and maybe a little Sam Darnold. We talk about if the Jags can be the best offense in football going into next year. Uh, we talk about uh, Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade from Indianapolis, what might happen there um, for the Colts and Taylor going forward. And then we get into our NFC West preview. Uh, so we talk about the Niners, and if they can uh, get back to the Super Bowl this year, the Rams, could they surprise potentially with a full healthy season uh, from Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup? The Seahawks, can they repeat their magic with Geno Smith and company? And then the Cardinals, is there a path to them not being the worst team in football this season? So all that and more coming up next. Hey, one final thing before we jump into today's episode. Uh, Sports Renaissance Man, that's me, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. It is a daily newsletter um, where I cover all kinds of uh, great sports content, personal essays, uh, links to full episodes of this very show, um, Tennessee Vols, Atlanta sports, NFL, NBA, college football. I write about it all. Boy Meets World. Yeah, you can find all of it on the Sports Renaissance Man newsletter by just going over to sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Dot com type in your email today become a subscriber if you like listening to this show i think you might like reading my work as well combination writing podcasting two of my favorite things and you can find it over at sports renaissance man dot com check it out today also check out chasemonspodcast.com new website looks great all kinds of great links check them both out bookmark them sports renaissance man dot dot com Type in your email. That easy. That simple. Do it today. And then chasethomaspodcast.com as well for all the links, full episode notes um, about the show, how we got started, who I am, if you're not familiar with the Chase Thomas Podcast, and just me, Chase Thomas, um, outside of here in Knoxville, Tennessee, local, Atlantan, um, and all that good stuff. All the information you need, chasethomaspodcast.com. Then email me, chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. For any questions, mailbag stuff, anything for me or my hosts each and every week, co-hosts each and every week, Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Hey, y'all. Thanks for checking out the Chase Thomas Podcast. If you are not already a subscriber and this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Appreciate you guys checking out uh, what we've got cooking here on the program. Um, if you enjoy what you hear today, please make sure you hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. New episode, new content every single day tennessee vols atlanta sports guys sports reporters assemble nfl nba college football all that and more right here on this feed each and every day your favorite writers analysts personalities in the space on this very feed every day so if you like that you like the best national sports talk with a local flavor outside of here in knoxville tennessee then this is the show for you so make sure you're locked in on your preferred podcast player and if you're already a subscriber, you know what I'm about to say. But if you could, please leave a, this show a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you're listening. I promise you it helps 
this show continue to grow, helps other people find the show and all that good stuff. So if you could take a second today and you're already a fan, you love the show, tell a friend, family member, coworker, whoever about the Chase Homes podcast as we get bigger and bigger each and every day here in Tennessee. I would greatly appreciate it. Five-star review or five-star rating. Write a review. I promise it helps in a major way. Takes a second. Hit that pause button. Take care of it today. And uh, yeah, we greatly appreciate it. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ, America's college sports town, NFL Super Friends here on a Monday night, because, you know, you have to take some time away from the Tennessee Volunteers landing a top five offensive tackle in the 2024 recruiting cycle, 6'8", 330 pound left tackle out of houston jp acosta in shambles over that mickey mouse offense bringing in dude after dude seeing jalen hyatt eat at the new york giants training camp this week route after route after route the route trees they're endless the hendon hooker leadership at not even being ready to play in detroit you look at cedric tillman could he be wide receiver one right out of the gate is princeton fan gonna get serious playing time for the who cares? Cowboys, Niners, does he do it? It's unbelievable. Byron Young starting out of the gate here on the edge for the Los Angeles Rams? Is is everything coming up, Tennessee? JP, how are you handling it? I want you to go look at that Rams roster. We'll talk about the Rams when we get to the Rams. Yes. But we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk about them later, but I am doing good. Nevertheless, we we continue on despite that goofy goober offense. And all they do, put dudes in the NFL. All they do, you can we can joke about it, we can make fun of it, but the results are the results. Everybody wants to be hypeable. You had Brian Dable this week saying, "I like Josh's offense. I like what they're doing oh, down there in Tennessee." Everything, you know, what's cool? Getting the Tennessee offense on Saturdays and the Falcons, we're running it down your effing throat on Sundays. We're not throwing anything past five yards. We get smash mouth football on Sundays that wins the division. And high octane, throwing it all over the place, tempo, tempo, tempo on Saturdays where we're winning the damn SEC. Everything coming up, Vols and Falcons this fall. I am so ready for football and ready for my Atlanta Falcons and my Tennessee Volunteers to kick the crap out of most teams on their schedule this year. I'm fired up. It's going to be an absolute delight. I am so ready to go. Let's ride. Everything's great. Everything's great. This is far too much optimism. I have no idea what just happened. This is is so much excitement. Chase Um, just snorted like a a line of gasoline. Like you should see me on game day, Evan. Like I, you should see me on Falcons and Vols game day. This is this is me. That's how we go. What are you sitting in your rocking chair, casually sipping tea? I am casually sipping tea in my rocking chair. Just yeah. uh, training fall fall camp starts tomorrow. I'm watching Bijan Robinson cook our super uber athletic Troy Anderson at linebacker. Like the dude's going to be used as just a Swiss Army knife right out of the gate. Kyle Pitts he is healthy. Woo! They have Matt Collins is like nine thousand pounds, just a full on uh, transformer out there at wideout. They're running jet sweeps for Felipe Franks. Hey. Former five-star quarterback, Felipe Franks. 
Why not? They're running, they're running Best offensive of mind in football, Arthur Smith. What's he going to draw up next? Can he get Tyler Algier, Felipe Franks, Desmond Ritter, Drake London, Matt Collins, Kyle Pitts all on the field at one time? Who's going to get the ball? No one knows. That's great. He needs a that draw. Was a mo- that was a motley crew of just mid that you just listed off right there. Need it's more like a, it, 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 you can say mid now. We're still winning the NFC South. That voice down there. Jarrett Bailey up, I should say up there, but in our Brady Bunch style uh, video here, he is in the downright corner. Jarrett, good evening. How are you? I mean, I've yearned to have your amount of optimism and, and excitement. That was, I've never seen you like that. That was, that was, that was eye opening. You should see me. I'm telling you, like football season comes around. Like when I get amped, we're right there. We're like 20 something Wait, days. I, I, I have no idea what Thursday. you're Football's no. here. I no idea it. what you were talking about when it came to the Tennessee stuff, but you seemed into it. Um, <laughs> very happy for you. Um, but no, I am, I'm doing well. I'm wearing, so the, the company built in Buffalo actually sent me some free merch, this air Allen, this Josh Allen t-shirt. So shout, out, mm-hmm. shout out built in Buffalo for the, for the little care. So did Arby's. Oh, yeah. Wait, <laughs> what? what is going on there? How are you getting Arby's stuff? Cause I want in. Evan, have you eaten Arby's? This? Exercise for extra fries. Arby's. The guy Shout that doesn't exercise, they gave you a dope shirt. Man, I'm so, I'm, I'm so jealous me. right now. With like good intentions, I am so jealous right now. You already got White Claw, Evan. How many sponsors do you need? Get Let Jarrett have they, uh, they Arby's. They gave me a shirt. They sent me a letter with what? my name on it. Thank you I for being it. a loyal Arby's customer. It was, I love it. It was awesome, dude. Was Arby's is happy. severely underrated. Arby's See, is good. I'm working on the Chili's membership. I'm working on the Chili sponsorship. <laughs> chili, uh, uh, their chicken and waffles are are very good. My Chili's, uh, they don't have chicken and waffles. Yes, they do. Chili's, uh, yes. No, JP, oh, am I crazy? Chili's, Chili's does not have chicken and, and waffles. That has chicken and waffles. Um, uh, where Carlisle, Pennsylvania? There's no way. That explains it. But I've never heard of chicken and I've waffles at a Chili's. trillion percent have gotten chicken and waffles at Chili's. And you know what's funny? There are so many things on that menu that where it's like I could see all kinds of stuff being on that menu because they just throw out pasta, chicken wings, baby back ribs, cheeseburgers, whatever. whatever want, but Chili's I've never has. seen chicken and waffles. Uh, chili, Chili's chicken and waffles. Uh, I'm seeing a Reddit post from August 20th, 2022 that says, rest in peace. They are no longer <laughs> serving it. Oh, how long has it been since you've been at well, I mean, I. I mean, time. it's been it's been like over two years By since way, I ordered the chicken and waffles from check, Chili's. I don't I don't go to Chili's a lot. Check out my next uh, album coming out soon. It's called Three Margaritas at Chili's. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. bla- blacked out, kicked out. Three Margaritas at Chili's uh, on the way. Well, here's the thing about Chili's, <laughs> and this is an important for a chain, and this is why I l- I grew up going to Chili's. Uh, I've watched many a uh, Hawks games at a Chili's. Eventually, I grew up and went to Taco Mac. Like a like a grown up, I, uh, I I had to evolve and go to the Atlanta Zone Taco Mac uh, for those events. But um, Chili's is one of those places that I think if you blindfolded me and you just gave me four different things off the menu and you had me try each of those four things, I would like any of them. There's not a bad thing on the Chili's menu. There may not be any elite god tier item but you will not be disappointed with any item off the chili's menu which is i think important you can't go wrong chili's has never let me down you know? yeah anytime you can go in there and get that three for ten you get get yourself a little appetizer 
get a, get a drink. Eat, this mm-hmm. is uh, this is this is this is the reality of when you have people on a podcast from Tennessee, Florida, and Pennsylvania. <laughs> Lots of chilies talk. Real chilies out. <laughs> Lots of chi- a big big chilies guy. I'm a big pierogies guy. None of these things. What is pierogies? What, what kind of food is that? You don't know what a pierogi is? See, now we're getting too, far too Midwestern. We're getting in the weeds. Yeah, I'm in the uh, southeast. I don't know what a pierogi like, um, is. It's like a Sounds rolled like potato, or it's like dough with like potatoes and cheese inside of it. It's pretty good. That looks good. This looks like ravioli. In kind what of. Is this? It's ravioli that you don't put sauce on. You you um cook them on like the stove. You don't like. Oh, this looks good. Yeah, I would eat this. This looks good. I'm a fan. Also here, out there in Los Angeles, the elitist himself, Evan Swords. He doesn't partake in us normal culture, um, with our pierogies and our chilies and our Arby's. Even though, as I recall, Evan Swords was a Chipotle diehard. For a very long time, you were Chipotle, a Chipotle had its glory days, and it was one of the most inexpensive ways to eat healthy while you're working out. Um, when was the last time you were out of Chipotle? Are you done? What have you oh, changed yeah. it with? They, they, so Chipotle a long time ago, their company got a new CEO, and he started slashing uh, the you know portions, the quality. It's yeah. So I've been in a long time. I ordered uh, a burrito from Chipotle like a year ago and they gave me like this baby excuse for a burrito and I was yeah. extremely pissed. Yeah, it's no it's the the, the vibes aren't high over at Chipotle anymore. <laughs> uh, and I personally, uh, you know, I, I am lucky and fortunate to live in sunny Los Angeles. I can throw a rock and hit uh, amazing taco trucks. Basically, we wouldn't anywhere. encourage you to throw any rocks at taco trucks, though. I, I that's yes, accurately. It is a, a, a you know, a saying play on but uh but no i'm very close to a lot of good food i live right now i live literally less than a mile from uh, an area called sautel which is like little japan town Mm. all the best pho and sushi and ramen in in the city and yeah it's great can't complain kung pao Uh, chicken i think is a goaded like top five food for me my wife and i got chinese on friday night and i'd forgotten how much i love kung pao chicken kung pao chicken is an elite an elite food I think penne vodka is my favorite food on this mm. earth. I went to uh, a Can't very, go wrong there. very nice Thai restaurant last night or this mm-hmm. weekend. Um, nothing fancy, but like, you know, it's like a hole in the wall, but it's like, like very highly rated, like the best Thai in the city. Um, and I was like, I'm going to order chicken pad Thai. Like you, this is going to have, I don't care that I'm a white guy ordering <laughs> chicken pad Thai. Like I'm getting it. My buddies are like ordering all these fancy dishes. I'm like, I want my Thai iced tea. That is basically a milkshake and mm-hmm. my chicken pad thai. And I was the happiest guy in the world. I'm I pretty love that. If you just put a pizza in front of me, I will eat it. Bro, I've been craving the hell out of a white pizza. Ooh, white pizza, um, with, white pizza with uh, chicken and diced tomatoes. I don't know mm, why that's I, been... You had me until tomatoes. Tomatoes are my least favorite food. I hate I've tomatoes. Got, I've got good news and bad news. Tomatoes I, the, are a love or hate thing. Yeah. Tomatoes are what the paste is made out of no no because i always go super light sauce i do that i do i do um extra well done and then light sauce for all my pizza this is a weird conversation and i'm not enjoying the more and more we go is your pizza just that just fucking crispy yes i I want it crispy you guys need to make a trip out to la (laughs) just for come out to la for a football game or something and i'll be i'll be in your neck of the woods uh like this week 
two of the season. Cool. I will. I will show you the world. Oh. And I, I will take a magic carpet ride. Wait, what has that song from Aladdin? Aladdin. What is that? I, I will show you the world. <laughs> Anyways, football. Classic Disney song. Football. <laughs> It's a classic Disney song. Hey, Evan, um, how are you doing? I read this really great ESPN piece today on your San Francisco 49er quarterback um, room and the timeline with Trey, uh, Sam Darnold coming into the fold, what Brock Purdy uh, ultimately did here. Um, unquestionably, QB1 Brock Purdy. There's the bait. Who's going to be QB2 between Trey, or Trey Lance and Sam Darnold? Unquestionably, Brock Purdy, who has looked very not good this camp so far. Well, he's uh, it's, it's still relatively yes. new. He's coming back from a UCL injury. He, yeah, I, I've got thoughts. I Thank you for the primer. I appreciate it, but it's not needed. I could, I've got <laughs> lots of thoughts. Um, I have had an issue this entire time with the way the Trey situation has been handled. I understand what Brock did last year. I think what Brock did is very impressive i think he Mm. throws that i hadn't seen in a while we've talked ad nauseum about it but when he got injured i was under the impression that trey would have another opportunity to win the starting position they traded three first round picks for him he never got to play with christian mccaffrey let alone everyone else uh i just assumed that they were like hey we're gonna let the best man win but brock's obviously got the edge as he did what he did he went undefeated before the nfc championship game uh I, you know, I think that would be fair. They didn't do that. They said Brock is the guy all the way through. Um, shout out to Jeff Christensen. Uh, very, very good, you know, uh, QB tra- trainer, QB coach, whatever you want to call it. He has been uh, working with Trey all offseason. Trey had been working with multiple people before this offseason. He had worked just primarily with Jeff. And Jeff had has worked on a lot of things. Um, you know, he has looked, Trey has looked really good in camp so far. Today, he had what people called his best day of camp since he became a 49er. Uh, camp is not the end all be all. We all know this. Brock Purdy is coming back from a UCLA injury, like you mentioned. You said UCL injury, not a UCLA. Went down with a case of Chip Kelly. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, like, obviously, there's a lot of context, there's a lot of nuance to the circumstances. What happened today is why I thought it would be a good idea to just have a competition. Who knows? Maybe Kyle Shanahan is out here like, I want Trey to, to you know, I'm going to want him to earn it. Like, I'm going to make him, I'm going to, I'm going to fire him up by giving the job to Purdy. Who knows? Maybe Purdy really is that guy. But, but uh, so far, Trey Lance has looked like the better quarterback. Um, in the very limited time we've seen them in camp. And my thought has always been, you trade three first-round picks, you trade up to the number three pick in the draft, you take arguably at the time the second-best player in the draft. Uh, I think, well, the second-best quarterback. I would have assumed that they would have let it be a fair fight this offseason between Brock Purdy, who didn't get drafted very well at all, but obviously has done a lot of good since before the injury. What are your guys' overall thoughts from a non-biased perspective, because you're not 49ers fans, about how you would approach the QB situation currently? And I don't want to hear Sam Darnold's name one time. Anybody says Sam Darnold's name, I'm flying to... Well, can we also mention that there is a scout, an unnamed, uh, he was either AFC or NFC executive who was like, Sam Darnold's playing meaningful snaps for the Niners. Uh, I don't... The scouts will put his name on it. Yeah. 
The first thir- first That's thing fair. you say is the thing I told you not to say. I, I'm sorry. I just oh, I, I thought I we were going to go Darnold any farther, but that was uh, the We can the, talk yeah. about Darnold at the end if you need to, but I'm curious about your thoughts on how you would have approached this offseason with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. I can't be paid to talk about the quarterback situation in San Francisco anymore. Um, but since since you asked me so nicely. I mean, but, but do you have any thoughts – on the words that are coming out so far that Trey is looking significantly improved, yada, yada, yada. I don't know, man. Like, I think with the run that that he had last year, like, I get why they want to, you know, I think Brock's kind of earned the right to go into campus as the one, just because we've seen a lot more of him than we have a Trey Lance. And what, what we saw of Brock Brady last year is they, they played well in the system. They won a lot. They made it to the NFC title game. And the thing with, with Trey is, yeah, he probably has the higher ceiling. It's just a matter of we don't know. Like, how many how many live reps has Trey Lance had since 2020? Right. Not a lot. And, you know, that's, that's the big thing that, that, that it really comes down to is, you know, how good is he really going to be? So we've, I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about this for what feels like forever in San Francisco, you know, well, it's not even just like 2020 it's forever he has he had the fewest amount of uh what college snap or yeah, college did, passes of any quarterback play, in like yeah ever was it ever or 50 years it was something bonkers of any first round quarterback. college yeah. um he had 318 or something total something crazy at north dakota yeah. state so he was always viewed as this long-term project and if you go through it it's not even like a lot of it's trace fault it was like the finger stuff which was really unfortunate where it made him throw differently over the course of the year and then it just got progressively worse then he had to start over his throwing mechanics and um now he's working with different trainers i feel like and then obviously the ankle stuff i you can't really blame him for no and then the organization treated this whole thing super weird with jimmy garoppolo like are they moving on are they keeping him and they kind of botched that too but jp i feel like a thing you i don't think you can shake the locker room up by putting Lance in over Purdy because Purdy went on this run. And if you read the quotes from different guys, they were like, we were all surprised by like how confident and just kind of what kind of quarterback he was, where he just kind of took the reins and was like, I'm doing this. This is my team now. And I don't think the locker room eco chamber or ecosystem can handle that kind of flip flop or like you just kind of have to let Purdy if he doesn't work out, if it was a shot in the pan, whatever, last year, you have to let that kind of fizzle out on the field. And then if that happens, you have Trey Lance ready to go. And then you turn to him. But I don't think you can actually go off Purdy based on how last year ended. So objectively, this is all very, very dumb by the 49ers. <laughs> this is all incredibly stupid. Trey Lance is probably going to win that job because Trey Lance is the more physically talented quarterback. That's what we're seeing in practices right now. Trey Lance has looked better because Trey Lance is probably a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. We just haven't seen him play in the NFL in meaningful snaps. I mean, the first game he played was in a monsoon that nobody could have projected a good passing offense in. Second game, he broke his ankle. What's happening now is – like. I understand the Brock Purdy thing, but Brock Purdy really didn't do anything that insane. He really didn't do anything that special outside of he did a, he did one thing that Jimmy G wouldn't do. And that's when stuff starts breaking down, he will actually move out the pocket 
and try and figure something out instead of just spinning around in circles like Jimmy G. And also, can we talk about how he is the quarterback that got to play after we watched Jimmy G for three seasons? So, like, naturally, everything is going to be more exciting. Exactly. And when you add Chris McCaffrey to that offense, everybody is going to look a whole lot better. Everything looks mm. a whole lot better when you have him in the offense. We haven't seen Trey Lance in this offense yet. There's still a very much of a there's still a very good chance that Trey Lance is what the Niners offense needed at quarterback. We've known like I don't think Kyle Shanahan actually wants a Kirk Cousins style of quarterback under center. I think mm. he can win with those guys. He's shown he can win with those guys, but he do, he doesn't want to win like that. He wants to make his job easier. I remember I think it was during the pandemic when they played the Bills and Josh Allen just destroyed them with like, yeah, like close to 100 yards rushing. He was throwing bombs down the field. And Kyle Shanahan after that game was like, yeah, we need a quarterback like that. Yeah, it's I, in the piece where that's like part of the rationale of get them trading yeah, up for Trey Lance was they saw that and they're like, yeah, we Trey need that. Lance. You mm-hmm. need that guy. There's that's still another, no reason sorry, to believe that, there's still no reason to believe that Trey Lance isn't. And it's kind of what we're seeing now. Trey Lance is the better quarterback. I always said going into this, give make it an open competition. If Trey Lance is as physically talented as you thought he was when he was a third overall pick, he should be the starter. If he's not, you'll figure it out as soon like you'll figure it out later. Mm-hmm. But if he's winning the job now, it's because he's the better quarterback. And the thing you touched on, you know him saying yeah we need a guy like that that's why it was so flabbergasting to me at the time of the draft in 2021 like all these analysts are saying oh man mac jones is the pick at three so much like jimmy garoppolo if kyle shanahan and john lynch wanted jimmy garoppolo they had jimmy garoppolo why the hell would they give up all that capital to trade up for something that they already had so i think that you know we already touched on it trey lance definitely has the higher ceiling he's the more physically talented quarterback Brock was plugged into a situation where he wasn't asked to do similar to Nick Foles when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And look what Nick Foles became after that. He went to Jacksonville and stunk. He went to Chicago and stunk. And then he rode off into the to the sunset, a hero in Philadelphia forever. That's great and all. But I, I think we really need to acknowledge the fact that he was plugged into a perfect situation where just about every quarterback that is plugged into it succeeds to some capacity. That's not to you know bash Brock Purdy or anything. Like he made some throws when he needed to, but you plug him into Houston last year, he doesn't do that. This is much more you know. But I think he deserves credit for like that was a team like win now. Like they were a team that I mean we're looking at as one of the two best teams in the NFC. They could have gone off the rails. He went seven and one as a starter. He didn't do dumb stuff. He could have imploded. He could have like. Oh. He had, the only thing I, I want to say that I wouldn't he, say he didn't do dumb stuff. Yeah, dumb he stuff did stuff. Just, he was. It, from I just think he deserves Chase, some credit me, for like just I was Mister Irrelevant, and I'm still like he carries himself and he, did stuff outside of the pocket. Like he was the first round. Like he was traded up for by for three first round well, picks. No, but by he the literally Niners. was. He he had yeah. m- many multiple times a game for seven games. He made throws that not only put points on the board when points were not expected, but he made throws where they were really impressive throws, no matter who the quarterback was. And he looked very good, but he also like Jimmy had Christian McCaffrey, Jimmy Garoppolo, who everyone thinks is a bad quarterback played his best football ever. Once Christian McCaffrey joined the 49ers. So Mm. 
Go back and watch I, the Arizona game where they just demolish a god-awful Cardinals team. Jimmy Garoppolo's stat line looks fan- fantastic, but a lot of it was, I'm going to throw it five yards to Christian to let him run the other 65. So the mm. only thing I will say, because I don't want it to go the entire time talking about that, some things that I think are really important right now with the 49ers to note, Brandon Ayuk looks like his time has come. He is here. I've been talking about Brandon Ayuk on this podcast since his rookie year about how he has the intangibles and the tangibles to be, you know, an elite receiver in the NFL an elite wide receiver one throughout all of Debo's time, which was very well deserved of all the things that he was doing successfully. I always said Debo's incredible. He's an offensive weapon. Wide receiver one is Brandon Ayuk. So it looks like we're going to get that on top of that second year, Drake Jackson, put some weight on is looking really good. Javon Kinlaw, who they, who is like always teetering on a bus because of injuries. They're saying is unguardable right now. And they traded for Hargrave from the Eagles or excuse me, signed and, you know, in the, in the off season because of the instability with Kinlaw. And now they might have both. There are really exciting be things happening. I think the that defense is going to be good again, folks. Yeah. yeah, there's so many exciting things that are happening right now for the 49ers. And it's like like Tyrion Davis Price, the running back that played, you know, a couple fullback sna- snaps last last year because we had no idea what was going on. They're saying is one of the best looking people in the camp so far. Mm. What are you kidding me? Kyle might get another running back like <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I get the quarterback situa- situation is wild. But if you're a betting person, every game, you got to put money on the Niners. Here's the thing, though. The 49ers returning to the Cowboys where every year it's their year, and then they end up mm. just collapsing. So, but I'll the believe, difference I'll is they go to the NFC it. Championship. That's great. And lose with, and lose with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's that's fine. You but have I'll, Dak, and you don't even get past the first round. I'll, I'll, like, believe, it, I'll believe it when it happens. Dak By the way, always catching strays in this podcast. Not me, Dak. Did you not see that me. interception that he threw that, and yeah, Dak, could have been fair caught? Dak's, not, Dak Dak, Dak's throwing uh, straight. Two Dak respecters on Dak this very show. I'm not a, I'm yeah, not a Dak yeah. disrespecter, but I'm definitely not like, oh, he's the greatest thing since Slice. I'm, no, I'm, I'm somewhere I'm, in the middle. He's fine. Dak mm-hmm. is a great top 15 quarterback. By the way, I did I did make a note. I did I make a note um, that I wanted to point out. Um, yes, sir. Weeks four, final five weeks of the season, uh, Sam Darnold, six in the NFL, and EPA plus CPOE composite. That's all. Don't you. Mm. Sam Darnold in the NFC title game against the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be interesting. I will, I will drop kick my TV if <laughs> Sam Darnold actually plays meaningful snaps. Don't show me Sam Darnold. I week don't one, care. Baby. I don't care. If Sam Darnold is starting week one, I will punch Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> You, you, don't, first, you don't need you don't need to start him. Don't gaslight me into thinking that Sam Darnold's actually going to be a thing. He's not good. We've Listen, known this. If if Sam Darnold starts over Trey Lance this year, it's racism. I don't care. Wow. I don't care if I'm calling it. There's wow. no reason. There's no logical reason. After Wait, what can we, we say that Sam Darnold should be QB two? Like no matter no, what, like he's the perfect no, QB two because no. it's like he's the perfect backup. He's like no. he's told that, you know that he's the not gonna. Backup is that's why you have Purdy. Purdy. No, Purdy's not a backup. Purdy's Purdy got, no. Purdy's got that dog in him. No, Purdy's Chase, a leader. Chase, he's not a backup. Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy is like heart is like buttoned up Taylor Heineke. Oh, I don't know about that. No, Brock Purdy is Taylor Heineke on a better team with a better roster and better coaching. He's literally just Taylor Heineke. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. 
I'm thinking if, Taylor Heineke is going to play meaningful snaps for the Falcons. Oh, no, no, this year. Brother, by, by week 10, he's the starter. Brother, oh, brother I, we've been on this. Uh, we've, we've, been, we've been trying to tell you. We you have tried to tell you. I am I'm concerned Taylor Heineke is hosting the, Falcons, the first playoff home playoff game for the Atlanta Falcons, the Falcons in their new stadium. Hide, How about Carson Wentz? Chase, you might be rooting for Sam Darnold this year. No, he's not an Arthur Smith guy. I'm all Arthur, for it. Car- uh, Carson Wentz, the GOP QB. You're giving us Trey Lance. The Atlanta Falcons. Carson Wentz, if Carson Wentz starts games, I will also punch Arthur Smith in the face. Yeah, don't, I don't think that's Don't show either. me Carson Wentz in 2023. Yeah, no, JP's rules are simple. He's got buy one, get one free on hands. <laughs> Look, these hands are rated Anybody can get everybody. <laughs> don't, don't show me a 2023 where Carson Wentz is playing football. He's not – don't don't do it. Well, people loved our kangaroo fight conversation, so we're we're dangerously close to. I'm going sorry, I, you know, I I I admit it was a selfish reason of me to point out Carson Wentz simply because I called you him love the Carson. Geo- you can't quit him. G- no, no. I, here's the thing: I called him the GOP QB in one of my recent pieces for USA Today, and I thought it was clever and funny. And I'm really that's why they have Taylor it. Heineke. I guess so. Yeah, they can have both of them. <laughs> they can have the entire tea party just all right. In, let's in their move quarterback on. Good God. Um. <laughs> JP, could Everett Ingram, who's now got a new deal, logged in uh, long-term here with Jacksonville, Calvin Ridley, um, former frenemy, now enemy with the Jacksonville Jaguars, looking good in camp, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Kirk this week saying they could be the best offense in the league. Do you think there is a path to the Jacksonville Jaguars being the league's best offense this year do you think there is yes i mean there's no reason why not when you have the play one you have the play caller two you have the quarterback and this is the best collection of wide receiver talent the jaguars have had since maybe the late 90s with jimmy Mm. smith and keenan mccardo this this receiver group is really really good all the the deepest one that they've ever had all the reports it is absolutely the deepest one they've ever had all the reports coming out of camp this year are this like even when camp started is that Calvin Ridley looks as advertised. That man mm. is really good. Like he just plays at a different speed than everybody else on the field. He's out there just dicing everybody up in one-on-ones. And what to what that gives you is a guy who can create easy separation. One of the problems for the Jaguars offense last year was nobody could really separate. Everything had to be schemed up. I'd rather like for a play caller, for a quarterback, it's cool to have everybody schemed open. But sometimes you need a guy who can just go get a bucket, like in basketball. You sometimes you just need somebody to say, like, call ISO and go get open and score. That's what Calvin Ridley's going to do. You add that on top of Christian Kirk, who can now fully play more in the slot. You're going to have Zay Jones on outside, Evan Ingram still doing. Evan Ingram's basically like their speed guy, which is very good, which is very good use. Evan Ingram's very fast. There's no reason why this offense shouldn't be one of the top offenses in the league. The only thing that'll really kind of slow them down is instability along the offensive line. I'm not even going to say it's like a bad – I don't think it's a bad offensive line, honestly. I think they're just average. But Cam Robinson being out for four games and then he'll eventually come back and start, it'll create some kind of matchup problems along the offensive line. Ben Barch is still recovering from a knee injury. We still don't know what left guard looks like. Luke Fortner had ups and downs as a rookie at center. That's the only reason why this offense can't be the best offense in the league. But even then, it's pretty small. Like, the talent is there, and the play calling is there. Man, that's... 
that should be interesting. I I'm very curious to see what they look like because I think they're a sleepy like they could be a number one seed this year, right? I, I think, think there's a the path because seed. of their division. I think there's a path. I'm not going to say number one seed because the Chiefs are just really, really, but really, really good. The AFC West could be better, and the Chiefs have a tough schedule. The Chiefs are really, really we said, good. We've said that like I, the last two years, and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have just said, who gives a shit? We're, we're, we're yeah, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. It's not even that this year. The defense is going to be really good for the Chiefs this year. Mm. That Gotta figure out this Chris gonna, Jones situation, though. That defense is going to rock. Sure. If, Chris jo- if Chris Jones plays, that defense is going to rock. Um, and again, this is also me like saying, like, I'm not very sure about how good the teams in the AFC West are actually going to be. A lot yeah. of major mm. questions there. But I, there's no reason to doubt that the Chiefs are not going to be the number one seed. And then if they aren't, I mean, they're still going to be maybe like they're maybe. I think the Jaguars can probably get maybe as high as like the three, hmm. the three seed, which is which is a perfect year for me. Like I, I'm I'm totally fine with a three seed in like year two of the Doug Peterson era, year three of the Trevor Lawrence era. Come on, like I, that's the per that's perfect for me. Do you know who you know who might have the best offense in the NFL? Don't say the Niners. San Francisco 49ers. They probably they probably might. I don't think I don't know. I think oh I think the Cowboys best are in that conversation. <laughs> Did I, you I really see Dak's are, interception t- today? I, I think come on. I think they Brandon probably, Cooks, Tony Pollard. Brandon Cooks probably, is gonna be good. They probably will have a top ten to twelve offense this year. I think that's fine. Yeah. I think top ten the, to twelve offense. That's fine. Yeah, I think the best offense in the league this year is going to be the Dolphins. Ooh, I, Ooh. I think if Tua stays healthy, they were arguably the best offense in the NFL last year. Oh, I have a question about this Tua too. Okay, so I was listening to a basketball guy talking about like how he's heard from um like uh it was a true pod coach Thorpe who is awesome. He was talking about some NBA prospects and something came up football related, and y'all can answer this better than me. And it's something I hadn't really considered, but like, is it because there aren't many Southpaw quarterbacks that come through the league? Like why the, his thing was that here from coaches, like you're, you should carry only backup left-handed quarterbacks. If your franchise guy is a left-handed quarterback, because it throws everything off. If that guy gets hurt and you have to go into a right-handed, like, does that actually affect anything? If they have to go from like, is that, do you think there is any, there is something to it. Maybe it's more the high school level or college level. It's a bigger disparity, but because they're pros, they can adjust. Or is that something where the Dolphins should be signing backup left-handed quarterbacks if you're going to roll with Tua? I think it, it, it. I no. think it is. It does affect a little bit, but I think that effect is kind of like it's kind of negated by the fact that these are pros and the best of the best at their sport. The ball, okay. the ball coming out of the hand. In a different in a different positioning is absolutely a thing. That's yeah. why that's why quarterbacks and receivers, like when a new quarterback gets around new receivers, they train all the time to get that rapport down, get the timing down, get where the ball is going to be released. That's why they get all that stuff down. I think the ball coming out of the hand differently is a thing. I don't think it's a huge thing that can't hmm. be masked by having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who like can adjust to any pass thrown. Yeah, Fred Bolitnikoff was asked um, because they had Ken Stabler, who's a left-handed quarterback, you know, and they used to be frowned upon back in the Mm -hmm. day. 
And he asked if it was, you know, any different playing with a left-handed quarterback. And he said, I don't care what hand he throws it with. If I see the ball coming at me, I'm going to go get it. Hmm. So I, this is at the pro level. I don't think it makes, if it, if there is a difference, I don't think it's much. So nah, I, it's I definitely a thing in it. baseball. Like I was someone who like every left-handed kid has a, why it sucked playing little league as a lefty story. And I got hit so many times. Like I'm convinced yep. I made the all-stars at the devil race because I had an OBP of like 785 because right-handed kids did not know how to throw to lefties. Like when you're in little league, it's just a huge adjustment and there aren't many. So they're throwing erratic and it's just really hard for them not to hit you. So I got hit a lot. So a lot of lefties just don't keep playing baseball out of T-ball or little league because they're tired of getting hit. Like if you don't embrace these right-handed kids beaming you over and over again, um, you're just, you're not going to stick with it. Like it's, it's a rite of passage in baseball for lefties. As a left-handed little league player, I got hit a lot. With yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it I happened. Know exactly what you're talking about. I got hit more times than I actually had a chance to hit the ball. Yes. So I I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. But with pros, I guess it's uh it's fine. So stop hitting lefties, please, and give us left-handed deaths in in schools. That'd be nice. Um, Jarrett, final thing before we get into our NFC West preview here. Um, Jonathan Taylor requested a trade from the Indianapolis Colts this week. Um, now there's rumors like Jim Irsay is tweeting through, uh, every <laughs> development as, uh, any, any owner should, um, what do you think ultimately happens here and where are you at with just the running back situation and Jonathan Taylor's situation in general going into the last year of his deal? I mean, we've talked about it on on this podcast already, you know, extensively about the running back problem in the NFL. In terms of Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he seems very adamant. I mean, you, we saw the pictures of him at camp just mean mugging the entire day. It looked like he would rather be anywhere else. Like he looked like he would rather be like the DMV than than dealing with all of all of the things going on with Colts camp. And it doesn't help when your owner is just tweeting basically that you your position doesn't matter. We're all gonna <laughs> die anyway. We're all gonna die anyway. Who cares? And apparently, like uh, he called Jonathan Taylor into like a meeting on his bus. I can only imagine you just sitting there in his ninth scotch and his third cigarette, just like shut up, and go run in a like, robe with no underwear on. Just, please don't open it. Like I, I don't. By the way, that was a very Kyle Shanahan ass quote when he was like, Oof. "Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't think anything could top Kyle Shanahan saying like we he didn't know if any of us were gonna be alive I on Sunday." I can't guarantee anybody's gonna be alive on Sunday. <laughs> Jim Irsay is like, "Hold my scotch, I'll top it." Watch this. Uh, so, Jim Irsay is really out here like, "I'm gonna die tomorrow," and nobody, nobody cares. <laughs> so I mean, Taylor seems pretty adamant that he wants out. Jim is saying he ain't gonna trade him. We could see a situation where Taylor just doesn't play. I mean, that's definitely well. Not only is he be like not gonna trade him, but we were seeing like we might just not even pay him for that. Final yeah, he's year. like actually, what we can do is just you know we'll find a, a thing where we'll just put him on this, and maybe he just won't get paid. How's that sound? Just giving him a big fat middle finger. Yep. Yeah, just thanks for leading the NFL in rushing a couple years ago and just becoming a breakout star that we were hoping you'd become when we drafted you. Here's a big pot of go F yourself and good luck in your future. And it's endeavors. like Anthony Richardson's like, can, can we stop? Like, I'm yeah. not ready. Give me jo- I'm not ready for this. Anthony, Give me Jonathan Taylor. Chris Ballard's probably pissed off. Oh, yeah. like he, he can't do his job. 
mm-hmm. without Jim Ursay tweeting some dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he needs to go like they need to have like parental lock on Jim Ursay's <laughs> phone. You you should he cannot be allowed to tweet during certain hours of the day. <laughs> Jim Mercy's like Carter Petersmith from Family Guy, where where he just gets goofy. He's just old rich dude who has nothing better to do than just just be an idiot. Yeah, and, and go ahead, get some Kendall Roy vibes. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of Kendall Roy vibes. But like the thing about the Jonathan Taylor situation is Jonathan Taylor is very, very good at football, yeah. and the Colts should pay him because he's very, very good at football, and what they and what they're going to ask him to do and what they want the offense to be this upcoming year, they need Jonathan Taylor back there. Anthony Richardson, one of the biggest things about him, like was he didn't have a lot of snaps around a lot of guys who weren't very good. So naturally the first thing you do is get rid of the best offensive player and be like, Hey man, good luck. That's that's Zach Moss just broke his arm and is going to be out for six weeks. Broke his arm. Good you luck. know what bothers me about that the most too is like the disrespect that these running backs get. Like Jonathan Jonathan Taylor is two years removed from being the best running back in the NFL, and then didn't have a bad season. Just obviously the team struggled because the team struggled, right? That's why they got you know where they got. Um, they took the quickest opportunity to be like, no, we're not going to pay him. Like imagine if last year would have been his two years ago. Like his, like his stats in production. What do you say then? Like, would they have still not paid him? Like, like they use one injury and they go, well, you know, we can't do it. And not to mention, they've got, a, they've got a quarterback on a rookie deal. They've got the cap space to do it. You'd think that they would want to make life as easy as humanly possible for Anthony Richardson and be able to be kind of a similar to what the Eagles were. Lean on the run game. Lean on what Anthony Richard, Richardson does well. Let him use his legs while he's learning on, on the job and figuring out, you know, how to be an NFL quarterback. And they are just, it's not, I shouldn't even say they, because the Colts, you know, that, like, like JP said, if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm annoyed. If I'm Shane Steichen, I'm pissed. Like, it's Jim Ursay just kind of sabotaging his own operation. And now you, you, you're, you're risking the development of your first-round pick quarterback, who, if he comes anywhere near his ceiling, is an alien that we haven't seen in the league. And you're, you're really risking his development and his growth and you could definitely stunt it and impact it by you know who knows how long now the nfl owners that, collectively decide not to sign saquon barkley and jonathan taylor after this season that's collusion they've done it before I, I, that's what i'm saying <laughs> i've started thinking about that today they're both free agents after this year like this is it and next year's I, running back free agency class is loaded yeah and it would not like I hope to God this does not happen, but it was something that came across my mind today that they're both going to be free agents after this. And based on how the current situations are unfolding in New York and Indianapolis, I just don't know what their markets are going to be based on what they might be looking for after this year. And I, the Niners can only absorb so many running backs into their, into their scheme. There is one team in the FC West who would absolutely the Rams, uh, the Rams would absolutely throw two. They, the Rams would absolutely throw picks and money at Jonathan Taylor to get him They're on that get team. They're well, they have to throw picks. Pick. He's a free agent after this year. Well, they could trade for him now. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. They can but trade they, for him they now. don't need to do that. They're just uh, wait a year. I I think they I think they. Well, I think they're looking at this year as a gap year, right? Like, wasn't that yeah, the thing? Is like they're trying. They, 
if, in this situation, if they were to trade for Jonathan Taylor, then great. They go from being five and twelve to six and eleven. Huzzah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much how set the jet running things if Matt Stafford's not ready. I don't know how big of a gap year you can really consider it when if you still have Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron or Matt and Aaron Donald, you're not yeah. going to be bad enough to be like you're not going to be bad enough to be in the top QB. But the rest race. of that roster, JP, like they no, I know it's well. Bad. Let's hold it. Let's hold the Rams because we're going to get to the Rams in the NFC West. We'll get to the Rams um, predictions though on what ultimately happens here. Evan, like round robin quickly. Do you think Jonathan Taylor Thomas or Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Jonathan Taylor has already played his last snap uh, with the Colts, or do you think he makes it back this season? No, no, they have a got they got a young QB. They need that type of person around him. They'll figure it out. Jarrett, what do you think? I'm leaning toward he gets dealt, but at the same time, like we thought that was going to happen. We thought things were going to happen with Saquon Barkley, and then two days later, he's signing a new deal for a year. So I, I don't think know. This is uglier than Saquon's. I think Saquon's oh, it's much, like no, it's yeah. much uglier than Saquon Barkley's. So if I, I mean, gun to my head, if I had to bet on it, I'll say that he, that yes, that he's played his last snap with the Colts. JP, what do you think? I think he holds out through the season. I don't know if he plays as a Colt. I don't know if he plays anywhere else, but he's not He's not going to play as a Colt. I don't know if he'll be. He plays somewhere else, but I think this holdout is going to last like through the regular season. I think it's going to be very Le'Veon Bell-esque where he said, okay, if you don't want to pay me, I'm not going to play. Yeah. So it could be like that. I, I, I tend to agree. I think he's played a last game as a Colt, and I also think the market's going to be bad, and I don't think you're going to see – it's gonna be a while. Like he may get he may get traded in like week ten, and he's it's just been on the show. for running backs until twenty thirty when they renegotiate the CBA. Yeah. Um. Well, there you go. NFC West, though. Um. The 49ers, The best reason why Evan that they will win the Super Bowl. The best reason against, and if not this year for San Francisco, do you think their window is still open for the next couple? The window's open. They're they they this. They're going to be signing another best player in the NFL at their respective position in a couple days with Nick Bosa. Um, the window's open. Kittle's under contract. Trent Williams is under contract. I think, I don't think this, the window will go. I don't think the window's going away because they draft. Well, they keep hitting on these people like Talano Funga and, and you know, I, I can go on. Uh, I think they win the Super Bowl because they have the best roster in the football in football. I think, if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's because of the quarterback situation. Um, yeah, like I said, they they have had a stacked roster and they've you know been a dominant team for a long time now. But I I, I again I think this is their best year. It uh, I you know is Juwan Jennings starting? By the way, is that no, happening? He's, he's starting fights in camp. Is what he's doing. He he started a fight in camp today. Does it really matter if Jawan Jennings is going to start? He's probably not going to play that much. The, the Niners basically base themselves out of 21 and 12 personnel with a uh, use check on the field. Yeah. He won't play that much. Yeah, he'll get a couple snaps. I mean, it'll be like it was last year. Um, I'll be the third and four hero when they stick him in the slot and he catches a stick route. Right. Okay. The man, he uh, he's, uh, he's a legendary big game catcher. Many people forget. Shout out to that game in Georgia seven years ago. Um, seven years ago, my goodness. It was a long time ago now, yeah. Josh Dobbs, Jacob Eason, the battle people forget. Um, Jared Bailey, do you think the Niners window is going to be open for the next couple of years? Do you think that they are going to win the Super Bowl this year? Are they the favorites right now in the NFC? Um, and then your biggest issue with them breaking through finally this year? 
Okay, I'll try to go one by one there. Um, do I think there are windows open for the next couple of years? Yes. I mean, they've got the talent. Um, they just need to figure out the quarterback situation. Do I think they win it this year? No, because they don't have the quarterback. And even if, like, going through all of this drama in the offseason, I just don't see that culminating in a Super Bowl win. Mm. Um, are, are they the favorites to do it? No, the Eagles are because they have a great roster and a quarterback. Um, and in terms of like, even if the 49ers do get there, I'm not betting against, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes, I'm not betting against Joe Burrow. I'm not betting against Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, God willing, Trevor Lawrence. I'm picking the team from the AFC until further notice. Hmm. So that, that's where I stick in the 49ers. Are they going to have a playoff run that takes them to at least the divisional round? Probably because the NFC isn't very deep. And they're much better than the vast majority of that conference. But when it comes to like, if they get to the Super Bowl, I'm taking whoever they're playing. JP, what do you think? All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make this good podcast. I'm gonna make this good audio for people to listen to. Sure, I'll say they can win the Super Bowl. I think I think they should. I think mm-hmm. if it's not now, it's probably not going to happen. Like it's it's got to be like within this next couple of years because you're gonna have. If Trey Lance starts, you're going to have Trey Lance on the rookie contract. And you are not. You might not have him for that long on a rookie contract. You got, like, what? Like 10 more minutes? This will be year three. Like, you got two You got two more years, maybe yeah, another. Yeah, but they're going to get him on a cheaper cheaper deal because of all of this. It's going to be great. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna sign up. They're going to lowball him. They'll but, give him a three-year deal. He'll get a three-year deal. It'll be great. But, yeah, they should win this year. I mean – Outside of the issue at quarterback, I think the only thing that's kind of a little hesitant is, you know, Steve Wilkes coming in from uh, from Carolina. We're not sure how exactly that defense is going to translate. Is it going to be a one-to-one? Like, we're just going to run the same stuff D'Amico did just with a little Steve Wilkes flavor. I will, I will say that D'Amador Lenore told me that everything was going really well with Steve Wilkes. He loves Steve Wilkes and the system that he's put in. So for well, what Steve that's Wil- worth, he's enjoying it. Well, Steve Wilkes is a DB's coach. The DBs yeah. are going to yeah. love Steve Wilkes. Yeah. I I am very intrigued to see who kind of breaks out this year among the secondary. Um, I think uh, who was it last year? It was Ufanga. I think the year before it was another safety. They've had Jimmy Ward back there before this past year. I'm curious to see who who kind of breaks out among that secondary. Um, I'm curious to see how the run defense looks. I think that was a major issue. Uh, outside of Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa. Eric Armstead, who remains one of the most underrated defensive tackles in football, he is still very, very good, but doesn't get a lot of recognition because that defense is just nasty. Um, yeah, they they should win the Super Bowl. I mean, if they're gonna they're going up against Mahomes or I mean, I can't I don't really bet against Mahomes. I'm not gonna bet against Mahomes, but like they should they should win the Super Bowl. Like that this team, like Evan said, has the most depth and talent in the NFL. It is solely on the quarterback position and the choice that they make and how good that person plays. But even if not, you, you'll you know they can at least make the NFC Championship because whoever the backup is will just throw for 400 yards and destroy everybody else. in Darnold. That's no, not who I was talking the, about. The, the thing, the thing about that though is, like, if you're trying to make a really good pizza, you can have the best pepperoni, you can have the best cheese, but if your bread's shit, then you're probably not going to have a very good pizza. So, and right now, they don't have good bread, and the bread being the quarterback. 
Well, I would I would counter that by saying I don't know if the quarterback is the foundation of this Kyle, of Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think Kyle Shanahan has proven partially, partially in his offense, the QB partially doesn't matter. Like it's cool, it's great to have a guy like Trey Lance who can elevate that, and I think that's what he wants. I, I would argue, man, I I, I want to let you finish, but I would argue as 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 someone who's watched Kyle Shanahan every step of the way. The QB matters more than anything in the world because when you don't have a QB that really can do more than what's asked with Kyle Shanahan, this is what you get. That is fair. That is fair, and I see what you're saying. I just think with the best offensive designer and play caller in the league, that opens a margin for error. But like I said earlier this earlier in the show, you want a quarterback who, who can elevate that. Trey Lance starts – He's going to elevate that offense. Brock Purdy we, starts. You know what you're. You know what you're getting. We want the. We want the Matt Ryan uh, the season. We don't want the Jimmy G season. The Matt Ryan want, MVP season. Yeah, we want that type of First offense. Hall of Famer Matt Ryan. Um, also, can I say? Can we? Can we guess? By the way, how many Kubiaks are on this uh, coaching staff right now? Three. Many. How many Kubiaks are like? thing i was gonna say two there are two and they're both uh, one's the offensive coordinator so their their defensive line coach is chris kosarich kosarich yeah best defensive line coach in the league so that's important so when you're steve wilkes is coming over like you have the continuity there on the defensive line so it's like hey that will only help um at worst the the secondary and everything else however there is a quote (laughs) this just can't be real i i just I really love this. Um, so there's a Clint Kubiak mm-hmm. who spells it with a K. And there is a Clay Kubiak which spells it with a K. So there are two Kubiaks on this coaching staff. Clint and Clay. Clint Kubiak used to be the coordinator, I think, the Vikings. I think, I think that's right. Vikings and the Broncos. I think he followed his dad. I think he was he yeah. had something with his dad in, in Denver too. Um, Nothing like and, nepotism. I, I don't know why you would say that, Jared. It seems like it's there's nothing of the sort, but I I, I don't know what you mean. Um, it's That's it's all very normal. Um, when we go to the Rams, Jared Bailey, best reason why they bounce back in 2023, and the best reason or the biggest reason they don't bounce back and are just kind of a bad football <laughs> team this year. If or if they do bounce back is because Matthew Stafford hits the field with the strength of a thousand men and lightning shoots from his ass. Um, if they don't bounce back, it's because Matthew Stafford's arm is a noodle at this point. And, mm. you know, we had reason for concerns about it last year and we still do. And because outside of Stafford cup and Donald, this roster stinks. It's not good. Like here, let me, let me, this is, this is great. Now, that's my guy. I think he's going to be kind of like their their discount Debo in that offense. They're going to use him in a lot of ways. But like Ben Skronik, your uncle's favorite player for the same reason Taysom Hill was a few respect, years ago. Respect fullback Ben Skronik. <laughs> Northwestern alum Ben that's, Skronik. That's great. He's not good. Um, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to let you finish. The The offensive line, like no boom struggled last year. Haven't seen Coleman Shelton. They drafted Steve Avila from uh, TCU to try to fill in that that guard spot. Look at this defense, man. Bobby Brown is going to be their starting nose tackle. 
uh, opposite of Aaron Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner on on the on the line. Then it's Ernest Jones, who's a player. He's he's solid on the back end. Russ Yeast is their starting free safety. Michael Hecht, Christian Roseboom, um, Kalichi Amalakviki. I, yeah, I, I need I, you to I, stop making up names. I need you <laughs> like to stop these, making up names. These sound like default creator wrestlers from WWE 2K. I, the roster isn't good. The thing with the Rams, though, is they have a good head coach in McVay who's going to raise their floor. So, yes, we can look at the roster and say, oh, my goodness, it's so bad. And if Stafford's not good and they turn to and they end up turning to like Stenson ben- Bennett at some point in the season, like they'll probably be somewhere hovering in the range of a five to seven win team just because McVay. But it's it's not looking good, man. I, I think they're trying to convince themselves that they can still be a playoff contender, but I don't think they are. Mm. What do you think, Evan? I just have no idea why Matt Stafford came back. He's come back for and multiple years. His wife revealed it on her podcast that he's like, I, he I just, understand. Yeah. I, he's got to be in better shape physically than we are, than we all think. Well, that was the other thing. I think she did say that he's uh, feeling the best he's felt in a long time, that Matt Stafford it, is coming hey, bro, in pretty six, healthy. Six here. and 11, you know, uh, money can, can, can do a lot of things, even if you're not going to be great. Like Jay Cutler came out of retirement to stink too. Matt Stafford had that OG rookie top pick contract. Matt Stafford's got money, money. Yeah. Yeah. He's also been through the batting ram. Like he's taken a beating for over a decade in Detroit and it's just kind of caught up to him because he's only finished. Not not only is it caught up to him, he was taking beatings last year before it got hurt. That's why they went and got Steve Avila. I think like, like Jared said, this roster is bad. Um, The offensive line is probably going to be bad again. Maybe I think Rob Havenstein's he's cool. He's he's a cool right tackle. Uh, yeah, Joe, yeah, yeah. Joe Noteboom played bad last year before being hurt, but I do think they're gonna go towards more of a schematic shift along the hmm. offensive line. I think it's gonna be more gap based running outside of the outside zone that we're used to seeing, which is partially why I think they're they're thinking about signing or trading for Jonathan Taylor because Cam Makers like the Cam Makers experiment is not working not great. for them. So, I mean, go sign Jonathan Taylor. It's, it's something that the Rams would do. Um, I don't know if I can see more than five wins for this team. And mainly because they open up the season at Seattle, at home against San Francisco, at Cincinnati, at Indianapolis, at home against Philly, Arizona, e. Pittsburgh, Dallas, Green Bay. Then they have the bye week, week 10. That's like three that and is, seven. That's a real, <sighs> that's best. really rough. For a, a team that's going to be starting a whole bunch of rookies on the back end, not only a whole bunch of rookies, a whole bunch of rookies that were not drafted on day round two. Rookies. Like, these are a lot of bad. These not, I'm not saying bad rookies. These are a lot of rookies who were not drafted very high. Um, I struggle to see how they're going to generate pass rush outside of Aaron Donald. Byron Young going to be a rookie. Don't know how that's going to adjust real quickly. They have Michael Hoek, who was a defensive tackle before they moved him outside last year. He's playing out on the edge at 285 pounds. Good luck with that. Um, this team's going to be bad, but with how how bad like everybody else, especially the team we're going to talk about later, with how bad everybody else is going to be, I don't know if they're going to be bad enough to be in quarterback discussion. Right. 
I think I have a prediction. I think if Cooper Cup deal too. If Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, and Matt Stafford play 17 games, I think they make the playoffs. That's not that's I think they're a wild card team. I don't think that's gonna happen, man. You can no. play 17 games and still and still suck. You guys, you, this is I don't think some, he can. I don't think I think there's a too high of a ceiling for Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. Yes, guys, I, I, no, no, the, we're not doing this. The Rams aren't winning six games. I think they could easily get eight, nine, nine, eight territory no. with a healthy season from Cooper and and Chase. Uh, and the Stafford. roster is depleted. You they are have a great coaching staff. Guys. I love what they've done with the coaching staff. The coaching staff strong. The coaching, the coaching staff isn't on that offensive line. I Cooper just Cup is coming off and not only coming off an injury. He's thirty years old coming off an injury. I love Cooper Cup. That's not. I think he's got, he's going to be really good for a long time. Cooper, hey, listen, man, good Cooper Cup might be fun on your fantasy football team. They're not winning football games. I don't know. I it wouldn't surprise me if the if they get a healthy. If for them to make the playoffs, the shit you say, for them to make the playoffs, the offensive line would have to gel instantly. And play a whole lot better than they did last year. They'd also they have to have better records in Seattle and San Francisco. We didn't even talk about Brian Allen, who played really, really bad last year. Um, Wait, is that 49ers legend cornerback Brian Allen? No, that's the center for the for oh, the Rams. Gosh. Okay, who's that guy very, bad. Very, very bad. Um, Logan Bruss was hurt last year, played Coleman Shelton. There are a lot of questions on this team. I don't know if they're all going to be answered this year. And this is the result of pushing all the chips in and winning the title. Like, and hey, they, they would do it again, man. They I would, would, that's I, would I do it. I they would won. They got it. A hundred more times. So Lombardi's sitting in that office right now. They, ha- they have the title. They have the rings to prove it. I don't care, man. But this is the result of that, of trading all those picks and not, not getting anything good back for Jalen Ramsey, which is going to come back to bite him in the ass. And uh, even if like the offense does play well, they're going to have to win like a bunch of like 38, 37 games because that defense is going to be god awful. It's not like I'll I'll give you the fact or the the opinion that maybe Stafford comes back really good. Cooper Cup comes back really well. They very well could and they can have good numbers and they can have that chemistry that we've seen them have. But even then, man, they're going to have to be. I think your tight ends will be really good too. Higby and company. I think they're going to have. They bring in the, the tight ends coach from New England. I don't, I don't know, man. Know. Yeah, hanging, the, hanging a playoff prediction on the tight ends coach from New England is a bold, bold statement, Chase Thomas. Who was the backup tight end for the Rams? Who is it now or who was it? Who is it now? I think it's Davis Allen, right? Bryson Hopkins. He's, a, he's third. Davis Allen's third string. Okay. This, the what backup, about Hunter Long? The backup is Hunter, is Hunter Long, Long still in the Is Hunter, Hunter Long, Long in the free? Yes, because he was the guy that got traded for Jalen Ramsey, who is also mm. on the physically unable to perform list. So. Yeah, but he might not be the whole time. Starting starting off the season great on the injury front. I'm not saying I am 100% saying. I'm saying there's a path. I'm saying it's like it, it would not surprise me. There's a path the to me getting Megan Fox too, man, but it ain't going to happen. There's a path, Jared. I don't think Chase, there's a path. There is, if you don't think there's a path to that, I don't know how you think there's a path to the Rams winning or going to the playoffs. You don't think Megan Fox would want to go out with a dude who got a letter from Arby's? I mean, I just don't understand though, start. Chase. The Rams literally have a top three worst roster in the NFL. But I'm saying, I just think, I don't think it's three. I think it's like top two and not two. Like, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt because I know, I'll give you, you know what? I'll say, no, I what I was also going to say is like, how many teams where if they have a top 10 quarterback and top 10 ish offense, 
miss the playoffs. Like I don't think they're gonna, I don't think that offense is gonna crack top ten, man. But I don't dude, would it surprise you? Yes. They might, yes. Yeah, it would it would surprise me a whole lot. Okay. Matt Stafford couldn't move his neck. What were they last year? What did the Rams finish last year? Five and twelve. Chase, you no, did I'm this so and it, it drives me insane. Like, there's yeah, no well, reason to be optimistic for you. What were they? Let me go in my mm. handy dandy. Offense, they were 23rd. <laughs> and they got worse. And they got worse. Yeah. Do you know what their actual projection is, though? Oh, God. Do you know what their what projection is? is? Oh, their projection. That, never mind. That's last year. My bad. It was nine wins last year. So they underperformed last year in last year in DVOA, the Los Angeles Rams were 23rd in the league, and past defense and past DVOA, they were 25th, 19th in rush, unadjusted DVOA, they were 27th. I I don't know, man. Not that no, this no, 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 no. Let's pull it up. You want to talk about what their odds over under mm. six oh, and a half under? wins? That's, I think I that's take probably a safe bet. That's, that's probably that's a safe under. bet on um, what what their over under actually is. Hold on, well, excuse me. The, the the so the odds are plus one hundred and ten over. Or over excuse me, yeah, plus, yeah, okay, right. Over six and a half. That's okay, a well, that's a that's an easy under. They might well, six and eleven. Okay, can I say this though? Can I say this? Matt Stafford was rated number twelve um, in the league coming into this year from PFF and best quarterbacks. The teams in front of him, or quarterbacks in front of him: Tua, Dolphins, playoffs. Dak, Cowboys, playoffs. Cousins, Vikings, playoffs. Lawrence, Jaguars, playoffs. Eagles, Hurts, playoffs. Ravens, Lamar Jackson, playoffs. Jets with Rodgers, probably the biggest question mark of this group, playoffs. Chargers, Herbert, number four. Burrow, Bengals, Allen, Bills, Chiefs, Mahomes. If this holds and he's the 12th best quarterback, he would be the only quarterback on this list not to make the playoffs. go, Go back through that. And tell me who else is on those teams for those. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying we haven't like, I just think there is, this is still a, such a QB friendly league that if you get 17 healthy games of Matt Stafford, I just, I would not count them out of making nine and eight, making the playoffs as a wild card. I just wouldn't do it. I feel like making a bet on this. I feel like I need to. This feels like a bet. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think the Rams do what the Seahawks did last year. I think the Seahawks missed the playoffs and I think the Rams make the playoffs. There we go. I'm doing it. I think the Rams are making the playoffs. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll give you credit there because everybody thought that the Seahawks were going to be the worst team in the NFL last year, and they surprised a lot of people. The so I'll, I'll, I'll hear that argument. I, I think the Seahawks take the step back. It naturally brings us, JP, to those Seattle Seahawks. Do you think they are Super Bowl contenders? Do you think this is a group that can build off what they did a year ago? Was it a flash in the pan for Geno? Did they do enough? Jackson Jackson Smith and Jigba comes in. Great three and wide receiver room with DK, Tyler, and Jackson. Um, their running backs. Uh, have you heard this one? Have you seen this? The running backs in Seattle kind of banged up heading yeah. into the year. Who would have foreseen that Seattle just keeps drafting running backs and they're just never healthy? Um, where, where are you at with the Seahawks? What does your gut say? Uh, my gut says playoff team. I think okay. they will. I think they'll be a playoff team again this year. I think the offense is going to be even better than last year. Geno Smith was one of the best deep ball passers in the league last year. While deep ball variance doesn't exactly like translate towards him being a, a great again in the deep ball this past year, they went out and addressed that by adding Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was going to feast against slot DBs and linebackers oh. in the five to ten ten yard areas because he doesn't have to play outside now. He's got Tyler uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf on the outside. The offense is going to be 
just as good, just as dynamic. They retain the staff. Shane Waldron stays. I thought he was going to get a head coaching job somewhere. Was kind of surprised that he didn't. But the offense is going to be good once again. Defensively, there are a lot of questions. Um, the first one is how are they going to stop the run? They let go of Puna Ford. Al Woods is gone. That defensive tackle, like outside of Draymond Jones, who is more of a interior pocket penetrator than he is a a true nose tackle. I wonder how they're going to stop the run up front because they were very, very, very bad at stopping the run last year. And asking Jaron Reed to play nose probably isn't going to work. I really like Lucina Nwosu. He had a great year last year. Very He's got extended. Very quietly, very good uh, edge rusher. Devin Witherspoon and Tariq Woolen are going to be fun. I think there's a there's a little bit more variance. I think Tariq Woolen had a good year last year. I think the picks kind of inflated how he actually played. There was a lot of there's a lot of Trevon Diggs to uh, Tariq Woolen's game, which is fine. You know, I mean. Trevon Diggs improved a lot, just got paid a whole lot of money. Tariq Woolen can do the same thing. Devin Witherspoon, very physical, very aggressive, very much a Pete Carroll-style corner. Um, they get Jamal Adams back this year, which is going to be interesting for how this defense is going to play. I really want to see how he looks in this defense. Quandre Diggs is very good at safety. Oh, good. Um, I didn't even talk about the tackles. They're, they're rookie tackles last year. Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas played really well for rookie tackles. You know, Charles Cross was thrown into the fire immediately at left tackle, played really well. Abraham Lucas played really well at right tackle. There's no reason why they shouldn't be a playoff team outside of just the run defense completely falling apart. And when you're in elite, when you're in a division against San Francisco, San Francisco, excuse me, and in an NFC where running the ball is going to be very, very, very prevalent. That's kind of an issue. I, I did want to highlight, continue highlighting uh, uh, Jenna Nwosu because uh, I featured him in my my all breakout team. Just some some extra stats on him: nine and a half sacks last year, three forced fumbles. His PRP score, which combines uh, sacks, hits, and hurries relative to how many times they they rush the passer, he was twelfth in the league in that. He had hmm. a quietly really good year. He got paid uh, this past offseason. He definitely earned that. I'm excited to to see what he continues to do for for the Seahawks. Um, but I'm with JP, man. That this feels like a playoff team. Like their their offense is going to be pouring on turf. Geno is just going to be dealing deep and dumping off to Smith and Jigba, who's going to run past a lot of people in the slot. Um, question is a little bit, uh, and can the running back stay healthy so they don't have to be just you know completely reliant on on the pass game? But the defense got better. The offense got better. Like Devin Witherspoon, Tariq Woolen, that's going to be fun. Um, yeah, I'm excited about Seattle, man. Their schedule. They got really lucky here. So they open, they go to, they get the Rams at home and then they go to Detroit Panthers at home at New York at Cincy, but you get a bye before you go to Cincy at New York Jets or New York Giants Giants. That feels like a win. Yeah. And then you get two weeks before you go to Cincy and then being early kind of hurts them. Their bye week is week mm, four or five. So, Jesus. But you get Cardinals at home, Browns at home, at Baltimore, but you get the Commanders at home, at LA, the Niners at home first. I mean, this is a pretty doable, this looks like a 10 and 7 type schedule to me when I'm going through it. Well, see, the thing about, about the Niners is Pete Carroll just, 
like the Niners have been like his recent like thorn in his side post Legion of Boom. Yeah. Because because Kyle Shanahan, all Kyle Shanahan does, all Kyle Shanahan did was just destroy the cover three that's that Pete Carroll used to play and embody a lot of. So now that schem- that schematically, this is the second year of it being changed. So it's gonna be fun to see what they do defensively. They should be a playoff team. I mean, they were they kind of squeaked in last year. I don't think they squeak in this year. Mm. Okay. I like it. Uh, as we wrap up here, final team, Evan, I feel like you're good. You can have fun with this. The Kyler Murray lists, Arizona Cardinals. Is there That's any awful. path to them not being the worst team in the NFL <laughs> this year? Is there? Um, you know, I think when Kyler gets back, I, and maybe, maybe if they are playing the 49ers, uh, at the end of what is, when do they play the Niners into the season? I'll check right now. Um, I don't think Kyler's they, coming back. They don't play the Niners. I was saying, I don't think Car- I don't think oh, Kyler yeah. plays this. They year. play him December seventeenth. December seventeenth. It's week fifteen. Mm. Yeah. Like, why, I think why, that's why, would, soon. why would Kyler Murray come back if they're two and twelve? What does he have well, to prove? Well, I mean, the re- I'm just saying that they they normally play like the last couple games of the season. I don't know. I wouldn't. Who is I Greg Dortch? This I man's starting in the slot. Who is Greg I, Dortch? Some white my, guy. My 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 head says that they might have the worst record in the NFL. My heart says I can't please your God. I do not want them to get that quarterback from USC. There is no chance in hell that this team is not the worst team in the league this year. The mm. only thing that's like helps me is that maybe they keep Kyler, but I think he. He's too good. Who's in the running with them right now? Who are the favorites? If it's not the Cardinals, who's worse? If it's not the Cardinals, to me, it's the Raiders. So it's for me. Raiders, I don't think so. The Cardinals, Mm. whoever finishes last in the NFC South. Yeah. Mm. um, Oh, Tampa. Yeah, Tampa could be in there too. Tampa or the Saints. Yeah. Or the Falcons. Hold (laughs) on. That's enough. I was waiting for that. (laughs) That is more than enough, JP. That was rude of you called for. They're going to be so bad this year. I'm going to virtually scissor that answer, J.P. Acosta. I said whoever finished last, and that includes all four teams in that division. No, it doesn't. There's no patch of the Falcons finishing last. There's too much If there's a path to the Rams making the playoffs, yes. there's absolutely a path. There's absolutely no. a path to his offense and his style is has a high floor. There's no oh, path to the Falcons look, finishing last. Win, wins, look, seven wins is overachieving. Logan Woodside has been the best quarterback in camp for the Falcons so far. <laughs> Just, I'm going to hang up. That is call. a problem. That, that is a very big issue. That sounds Chase, like a man I'll... from like 1950s, like the the black and white, like all the time. Oh, here comes all Logan Woodside. I have to throw the football. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Chase, we're, think, we're not trying to give you a hard time. We are trying to help you soften the blow when it happens inevitably. They're winning the division. There's nothing to soften. There's no path to them finishing last in the NFC South. Okay, I'm not, this, You're in the, you are okay, in the man. NFC South. Every team can finish last. <laughs> it's a garbage dump. Um, but I mean, he's gone uh, seven and ten. He went seven and ooh. ten last year and finished fourth. Wow, he's not finishing last yeah. year. Seven wins was when it was sixteen games. I'm, sh- I'm shaking in my boots. We were talking about the Cardinals. We'll get to the Falcons at some point, and I'll defend they're, them like Jon Snow in the Battle of the Bastards. But for right they're, now, they're back to bad, the Cardinals. They're both bad red bird teams, man. It's the same. 
So we're not the same as the Cardinals. You're right. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. The Cardinals will be bad because their quarterback's gone. Not only that, not only will will just be bad. Not only will the Cardinals be bad because their quarterback is gone. Their their roster also really is really bad. Yeah, Yeah. it's really bad. Like I don't. JP, have you heard of any of these coordinators? I look at it once a day. I have never heard. I have been covering this league for 32 years of my life. I don't care. Out of the womb, I was in rlads.com memorizing depth charts, memorizing coordinators, and I have never been at a point where I'm like, I have no idea who these coordinators are, and I still have no clue who the offensive and defensive coordinators are in Arizona and where Jonathan Gannon pulled them from because it is the most... No name, random college guys all over the place on this staff. It's in, I don't know if that means it's going to be terrible, so, but are you in the same boat? You're a college guy too. Here's the problem with their offensive, with their staff. There is nobody on that staff with head coach experience at the NFL yeah. level. There's, there's not a lot of people with assistant coaching staff experience yep. on that staff. There's, I think there's one guy on that staff who has experience calling plays at any capacity. And that is Jonathan Gannon, who might have mm. who might not have actually like schemed up that defense as much with Vic Fangio in his ear. Um, their coaching staff is also very, very young and is got, probably going to be very, very bad because not only did they just pull a bunch of first-year guys, they pulled a bunch of college dudes too. Yep. Not only did they pull a bunch of college dudes, they pulled a bunch of college dudes from Temple. I don't know if you guys <laughs> watched Temple football last year, but they freaking sucked. So. Yep. it's good luck man good luck with that coaching staff um the roster it's cameron thomas sure he's good he might get Uh, traded i don't think he's gonna get traded but he he took some it seems like came to like a money deal type situation where he he felt the hell host i think the saving grace is that white suge knight and Vance Joseph, they invested a lot in that secondary. That secondary is quietly very fun. Uh, Marco Wilson, known for his shoe-throwing lore, <laughs> actually didn't play that bad last year. Jalen Thompson, Buda Also, Baker, he said he didn't regret funny. it, by the way. Good. In the last Good. week, he was like, double no, down. he doubled down. Double down. It, an incredible double down. down. You don't see that very often. Um, Isaiah Simmons is finally playing safety, which is what everybody's been telling them to do since 2020. But up front, they're going to be horrendous. You know? Mm. Uh, they're going to be very bad, uh, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad. Um, offensive line, also going to be terrible, horrible, no good, very bad. Paris Johnson Jr. should be fun. DJ Humphreys is fine. But the interior of that offensive line is going to stink. And one of the problems that you have with a short quarterback, one of the things you have to do is protect the interior of the offensive line, you know, so we can actually see over the middle. problem with that is they have a bunch of short quarterbacks and an interior offensive line that really stinks. Not a good sign. Their tallest receiver is maybe 6'3". So, Do you know who luck. goes to Arizona on November 12th? The Atlanta Falcons. And we can put this nonsense to bed when the Congrats Falcons stop. I can't wait. Win. Fox is going to put their ninth broadcast team on that game and three people are going to be what, watching What is it the live. date on that game? Uh, November 12th. Oh, oh God. So that'll yeah. be their second win of the season? Well, that's what I was going to ask. So the Cardinals, they also, November 19th, the following week, at Houston, is that a battle for the number one pick the following year? No, are we no. Like, Texans are going to be no, good, man. Not not good. They're going to be. Texans fine. are going to be the good. Texans, the Texans aren't going to be bad enough to have a top pick. 
So okay, that, that's not, the Cardinals are not gonna. Team. The Cardinals are not gonna have the one two this this year. They're not gonna. So let's. When do they get their first win? One to here at Washington. Do they get the win there to open the year? No. No. Okay. New York at home. No. New York who? Johnny doesn't. It doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's probably true. Cowboys at home. No. Probably not. At San Francisco. No. No. Cincy at home. No. No. At Rams. No. Not without yeah? Kyler. Not without Kyler. Don't do this. Not without <laughs> Kyler. At Seattle. No. No. Baltimore at home. No. At Cleveland. Nope. I, I, okay, so they're so over going into to. the car the Falcons game at home. Hey, so like, oh, and Don't you do this. I'm going to hang up this freaking call. The Cardinals get their first win of the season against the Falcons. I didn't yeah, they, they were gonna... the 0-9 Cardinals. Yeah. Um, I didn't say they point. were going to win. I'm just saying if they're going to pick up a win at any time before this bye week, it's going to be at home against the Atlanta Falcons. I tell you what, if if Kyler Murray does come back for whatever reason, I could see them beating the Bears on Christmas Eve, but the game's in Chicago, so I might take that back. They um, had that. They had that game Christmas Eve. Wait, is Christmas Eve on a Sunday this year? That's a good question. It's, that's got to be the only reason why they have that as a Christmas Eve game. That would be uh, my guess. It it's a is a Sunday, game, so it is a yes, Sunday. It is Christmas a Sunday. Eve, Christmas Eve is a Sunday. Okay, because I was going to say whoever scheduled for a special <laughs> yes. Christmas Merry Eve Christmas. game, here's Cardinals, Cardinals and the Bears. But they were thinking maybe Kyler Murray, Justin Fields. Like that's not a bad idea. Yeah, last year, last year on Christmas we had what Rams and uh, Broncos. That was Merry that was Christmas. actually that was actually a very funny game because yeah, uh, the, Baker Mayfield stunned. Yeah. Yes, oh, I forgot yeah. all about that. The, oh my that god, was, Sean McVay got deep into the bag of <laughs> like the old 2018 Sean McVay playbook. And I see. I'm oh, sorry, JP. No, nah, go ahead. I was just laughing at the Broncos again. I see maximum, absolute maximum three wins. I think that they could beat the Bears depending on how they look. I, I do think the Bears will be solid this year, though. I think that they could steal one from the Rams just because the Rams are also going to be putrid. I'm not going to dunk on your Falcons like everybody else is. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be like a between a seven and nine win team. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna beat Atlanta. If they're gonna get any win before the bye, it's gonna be at home against the Falcons. It's an argument I would listen to, but I I do like the Falcons roster. I like their defense, and I don't think that Clayton Toon or David Blau is gonna like is gonna carve up a, a respectable Falcons. No, AJ Terrell's well, in the secondary. Jeff Akuda, but buddy, Mike Jeff Akuda just got traded from the team that that drafted the third We're ready. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Clark this Phillips. Is the, this is the Atlanta Falcons, and nothing ever happens normally for that team. That's fair. A, that is a, it's a very road very game. Good point, it's a road game. One, two. It, like I said, they're not going to pick up any more wins over the, before the bye week. I'll give you, I'll give you a few scenarios for like other possible wins. Like okay, we're taking so the play, podcast week off, by the way. If the Falcons they, lose one, to two, the three, Cardinals, three, oh nine, four, I can't five, do it. Six. So y'all week, will be unbearable. Week week eight, they host Baltimore. If Baltimore has health issues and Lamar's gimpy again, maybe if Tyler Huntley's strolling out there, I I could see them winning that game. I'm just giving you scenarios that could happen. If the if Deshaun mm. Watson sucks again and they they go to Cleveland, they could beat the Browns. Maybe <laughs> there's a lot of ifs and buts in here, man. Where they've got, and it's also I, relying, I see two and fifteen. They're relying on players getting hurt for other yeah. teams. Yeah, for them to get a win. Um, I think two and fifteen for the Cardinals is probably like, going to be what my final projection is. I like to inform everybody that that the Week Twelve game against Los Angeles, the Rams in L.A. Tickets start at twenty-two dollars. 
that's absurd. And the game in Arizona against the Rams, twenty nine dollars. The that's home game hilarious. against the the home game against the Ravens tickets are as low as twenty three dollars. That game's in Baltimore too, isn't it? No, it's in it's in Arizona. Oh, a, is it at home? Okay. Um, Evan, are you the, going to Arizona for uh, Cardinals 49ers again? No. The home okay. game. Oh, this that's not even. No, the, that was just a home, very no. The home game against against the Falcons. Does anybody want to guess what tickets? Oh, I seventeen dollars. Seventeen dollars. It's Ooh, nineteen. Great minds. Nice. How much is it? Nineteen dollars. Oh my I, god. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, I. There's too many good games to go to this year to be wasting on that. If you if you want to if you're in you guaranteed win though. If you're in the Arizona area and on a Sunday you just want something chill to do, just go catch a Cardinals game. Nothing's gonna. The, their stadium is so you. far away that the Uber will literally cost more than the ticket. <laughs> It'll only cost you like twenty bucks. You no, the Uber with... will be like thirty-five to forty-five dollars. It's so yeah. Far. The Uber the Uber will be more than the ticket you pay to the game to 100%. watch. Uh, to watch Clayton Dog, Toon. The beer will cost more than Clayton Toon versus Taylor Heineke in, in Desmond Ritter. Right, I'm, I'm over all this. I, y'all can't hurt me anymore. You won't do this to me. Oh, this was no, not supposed to be a Falcons roast. We don't, this I, didn't build that, I didn't build that roster. We don't need to hurt you. The Falcons already do. Yeah, what, what do you think? I made those choices? Listen, we, we are just casual observers of the pain that this team has brought upon you. We want to try and stop this cycle. We're by the friends, way, by the way, why friends. have we never why have we never said Desmond Mitter? Oh, that's good. Right. <laughs> you should tweet that. With them past you. Des, Desmond Mitter. With them past you was throwing he needs should, to I, should we get Chase a uh, custom jersey? <laughs> With them past you was throwing today, he needs to be putting the Desmond Shitter. Oh man. <laughs> oh dang. <laughs> JP Acosta oh. from the top rope. Chase, to oh, here. I, I know that we weren't planning on talking about the Falcons, but I will say this. I like the roster. I like the, the signing of Jesse Bates. Clayus Campbell, I think, is a good veteran presence to finally give. David Animata. Uh, sure. Great uh, offensive Kate, line. Drake London, Kate, best rookie wide receiver last year. Bijan no, Robinson, a rookie was, of the year favorite this year. They brought her Caden Ellis from the Saints, who I think, you know, yeah. in a full-time starting role. Troy Anderson. Absolute athletic machine at linebacker. Can you play football? <laughs> you can be as athletic as you want. If you can't play football, it does not matter. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> erroneous. Erroneous on all fronts. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Jared, what can I go back and check out from you uh, across the internet this week? Oh goodness gracious, so much. Um, my all breakout team on USA Today. Uh, my five bold predictions for the nfl season usa today all all of this just just google Jarrett bailey usa today or touchdown wire whatever whatever you want uh, a lot of stuff that uh our team is doing over there led by doug farrar so go check all of our our stuff out a lot of good stuff um what else did i do oh grading um all of the most recent contract extensions i think i did 12 of them there's 12 big ones over the past like two weeks or so so i graded them from best to worst uh, that is the most recent one. Uh, and then uh, me and JP are now like so sort of co-workers. Um, I'm the deputy editor now for Behind the Steel Curtain on SB Nation. So a lot of Hell Steelers yeah. stuff. I'll be at Steelers camp Friday and Saturday doing a lot of live reports um, for the Friday Night Lights practice. And then Saturday, uh, pads will be on. So there'll be a lot to, uh, to look forward to there at Behind the Steel Curtain. 
uh, on SB Nation. So yeah, a lot, lot of internet Jarrett Bailey going on right now. Um, we are getting into full work mode for the NFL season, and it's uh, yeah, the plate is full. It's going to be a fun time. There you go. JP, what about you over on SBNation.com? And also go listen to JP on the latest edition of the Mina Kime show. Just uh, great stuff there. But where else can uh, people check you out this week? Honestly, just check my Twitter at Acosta32 underscore JP. At S- I'm at SBNation. I don't know what I have planned for this week. Honestly, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the fact that the Hall of Fame game is Thursday. And I feel it's excited, small. but also unprepared. I can't wait to gamble on the Hall Starting. of Fame game like a degenerate. Um, I'm also I also got to like actually start doing college football stuff because college football is right around the corner. Got a preseason top twenty-five. Um, I got some pretty pretty fun NFL draft takes starting. Uh, that'll be starting with a story that I'm writing about Marvin Harrison Jr. and just gonna be writing, watching tape, doing the normal football film grinder stuff. So just follow me on Twitter. See what I'm doing. There you go, Evan. You're at Evan Swords. 49ers hub. Yeah. Follow uh, Jarrett, JP, and Chase's content because if you're listening to this, it's the only place you need to need to be to hear me talk. No, like, you're. You, it's always a good time. Like we all miss Evan freaking out on Sundays. Like Evan tweeting through Niners games is something that we have not had in a very long time. It needs I to be brought curious. back. I am curious what's going to happen. I'm I'm curious. This has been. An what do you mean? We know what's going to happen. You're going to tweet no, through it. It's going to be gonna, a lot of all caps. It's going to be a lot of gonna up be and down. Doom. It's going to be crazy. Uh, being doom tweeting a 34-17 Niners win. Yeah, that's that's Niners fans in a nutshell. We only won by fourteen. Our quarterback sucks. Well, you but, know, Kyle Kyle always wants to do some dumb shit in the first quarter and then score thirty <laughs> points in the third. So what am I supposed to do? Yeah, that sucks, man. Try sweating out sixteen thirteen wins every week and and come back to me. Okay. This is I'm try I would I would feel bad for you if you weren't a Steelers fan. If it's if it's a close game, you know what to expect. <laughs> Try going down. Try going down twenty-seven zero. That that was not good for my spirit. And then we for that game, JP. Were you like in the stadium? I was in the stadium. That was oof. My entire all timer. But I will say, I sat in the the bar I was at with my father-in-law and my wife, where I was like twenty-seven. I'm like, Jags winning this game. And he was, was like, now that I'm like, Jags winning this game. This is the most Chargers ending of all time. The Chargers are the the Falcons of the AFC. It's happening. The, this 27 nothing's happening. Chase's text message felt like a punch in the face. Then he said, me when the Chargers did that stuff. Yeah. I was, I was so convinced. Like, my entire thing last year was every time I watched the Jaguars, they would lose. The last time I watched the game they played on TV was when the Lions dropped 40 on them and James Houston folded Trevor Lawrence, and I almost cried. So <laughs> – I'd stopped watching, and then the next game after that, they came back against the Cowboys, came back against the um, it was the Ravens. Wait, let me let me quickly ask you: What do you mean you just don't watch your favorite team? I'm very superstitious, man. If I, if it gets to a point where all the games that I watch they end up losing, I won't watch, and we'll just. I mean, dude, I went I went to two oh, Trey Lance wow. started football games. I can't games. do that, the, man. The, no. the first, but I'm first- also. I also like have a job covering the NFL, so I, I mean, can just so do I. I can just watch other games and be very interested in what what's going on. No, I can't do it. So I'll just I'll legit just like hey, don't talk to me about the game. I'll watch like the replay of it. It got to a point where like the Thursday night game against the Jets, I didn't watch that one. I was like, I went to the gym because I was like, I don't want to be around that game. 
they ended up winning. They destroyed the Jets and Chris Trevler, like they they humiliated Zach Wilson. So going into the Chargers game, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna see if this curse is actually a real thing. They go down 27-0, and I get told by every Jacksonville Jaguars fan to leave my seat. So I go and watch the game from like the little bar area, and that's where I saw them make a comeback. So, you know, we're gonna see what happens this year. I'm gonna watch game one. If they lose the first game, I will not watch another game. Bro, and as a fan, I can just like I I have such FOMO if I even come close to missing anything when it comes to just being I cannot do it, man. That kudos to you for being able to do that. Like that's I'm I, just incredibly I, superstitious. That's I, it's always been a thing for me. Even when I was playing football, I had to do everything in a certain order or in a certain way because I, I knew if I did it that certain way, we were going to win the game or I was going to have a good game. I See, I didn't have to worry about that. I was never good enough at sports to be important enough to have to think about that stuff. I was the dude, I was the white guy at the end of the, uh, the basketball tunnel who did the handshakes with all the good players and then really just cheered my ass off on the bench. Hey, I got I got my district medal like everybody else. That's fine. I got in garbage time and and was the scrappy white guy who played defense. That's fine by me. Like look, district. Man. Everything's different in the north. District medal, not your region, your region championship. Your district medal. I, I think those are I think those are oxymorons for or oxymorons. I think those are synonyms for each other. Where I think they are, but it's just like it's a different thing. It's, yeah. I think it's a northern thing. District. Now, so I'll tell you yeah. my quick basketball story before we go. So I, I say I say I was like the white kid. My entire school was just it's a it's a school in the middle of rural Pennsylvania. We were all white kids. Um, but we get to the final eight of states my sophomore year and play this uh, inner city school from Pittsburgh. And dude, they shat on us. It was ungodly. Like I got in at the end and this dude dunked on me and I, I feel like his left ball hit me in the chin. Like, dude, it was fucking brutal. I was... It I played AAU um, here in Georgia um, basketball, and one time we played the Georgia Stars, who were who's I think were sorry. Um, the Georgia Stars beat us ninety eight to twelve, and it was a AAU. That's a, an actual thing that happened. Lovely stuff. JP, Evan, Jarrett, thank you as always, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.